Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, The most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And that world is heaven. See, you can't find satisfaction on this world. What did we sing tonight? Take this whole world and give me Jesus. There is no satisfaction here long term. It's impossible. We are not made for this world. We're made for heaven and earth where God designed that whole world. No matter how satisfied you are with how your life's going, there's always the question, is this as good as it gets? Isn't there more? There's a little frustration with how some aspects of your life is going and you don't see it getting any different or better. Pastor Mark will be teaching that you're right to feel that frustration. He'll be explaining why you feel it and providing you with the solution to your frustration. Whether you want to accept this explanation or not is up to you. Pastor Mark will encourage you to open your mind to possibilities you haven't yet considered. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, as he continues his message, Heaven, Our Eternal Home. How many of you remember the day, wherever you were, on the beach or in a church or a little chapel or whatever, how many of you guys were here? Remember, you couldn't see that bride before the wedding. How many of you remember standing here and you're looking like this? How many of you guys remember that? All right, good. And when you saw her coming, what did you do? Yes. Am I right? If you didn't, you need marriage counseling. Fantastic. Here she comes. Here she comes. What is he talking about here? Well, here's what it is. Ephesians 5:25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So spiritually through the Bible, the bride of Christ simply means believers. That's us. The believers, the church of all ages who have trusted Jesus Christ as their personal savior, men, women, it's the believers. And that bride is Jesus bride. Who is the groom? Jesus. And that's always been the spiritual picture throughout all the New Testament and even parts of the Old Testament. So this fulfills. One of the amazing things that we've seen all these years, and it didn't make a lot of sense, but Jesus is waiting for us, and he's got a bride because he died for the bride. You understand that? We're going to be in heaven because 
our bridegroom, husband, you would call it in our words, has paid the price for us. Now look at verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and he'll be their God. The most important thing about the city and that new Jerusalem that comes down is that God will live among his people. Now, of course, he does that in our lives because you understand the scripture. He'll never leave us or forsake us. But when you're in that new Jerusalem and God's there personally, that's a whole different understanding and a time of worship and praise. So this fulfills most of God's goals for his creation. Remember in the garden, it shouldn't surprise you how much God likes to be with his people. He created just who? Adam and Eve. And what did he do with Adam and Eve every day? We don't know how many days that was, but he just what? Walked with them. He talked with them. They were talking about this is a personal relationship right from the start. Right from the start. That's our God. He loves people. Why? Because he created us. In whose image? His image. So you can see relationships being huge in this place. Remember, there's three priorities we see in the Bible. God, number one. People, number two. Time, number three. You have to think about this. It goes way beyond us. You'll never get it. I don't get it. In heaven, there's going to be God and people. How about time? There is no time. It's, it's gone. It doesn't make any sense to us. Eternity, we don't have any understanding of really of that either. Now, some of you are late. You're looking for heaven, baby. You're always late. You're looking for heaven. You'll never be late. By the grace of God, you're going to be there. So, when you see this happening here, this picture, just like it was with Garden of Eden, man's purpose is to fellowship with his or her creator. He's there. And you're going to see the love God has for his children. He will be with us and do life eternally with us. Now, here's what you, I wrote. There are also going to be unending loving relationships with others. Angels, Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, tribulation saints, friends, and loved ones. Here's the next thing you want to write about heaven. Heaven is a family place. Are you glad that we're a family of God? It's wonderful. And doing that without God would be useless. He's our creator. He's the one that loves us. That's why we're going to heaven. So we're going to enjoy the same promise, but just, as I said, in a different way, because God is still with us all the time. And when that's happening, we feel his presence through the person of the Holy Spirit. But here, he's right there with us. He's going to be right there with us. Now, I want to just stop for a moment. Heaven is a family place. Many, many, many billions of people, unless they change, are not going to heaven. There's no use even listening because you're not going to be there. We already found out what's going to happen. But think of this. We have friends. We have loved ones who do not have a personal relationship with God. And we want to spend eternity with them. 
There's no person I could say to you, well, my son is not really walking with God or my daughter or my dad or my mom or my cousin that I really know well was raised with. None of you would say, well, I don't care where they spend eternity. Not at all. How many of you remember the old song, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? What was that song about? Some of you don't know that. That song is about your family circle. Will it be a complete circle? Will it be a half a circle? That part of the family, those seven people, those three people never came. How many would like our family circle to be totally complete? Well, how's that going to happen? You and I praying, watching for open doors, our neighbors. Linda and I talk about that often when we see our neighbors. We've witnessed, we've shared. We want them to come to Christ. So remember, God loves these people. He wants to spend eternity with them. He doesn't want any to be lost. So when we see it's a family place for us, we go, I'm set. I pulled a book from my shelf this afternoon. The title of the book is Unfinished. Do you know our getting the gospel out to the world in every nation, in our neighborhoods, in our county, in our cities, it's unfinished. Who's going to finish it? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. You're going to finish it. That's what revival is about. The book of Acts, 120 people. Turned it upside down, right side up, actually, in how long? 30 years. Well, we probably don't have 30 years, but we can be thinking about it. So when you're thinking about heaven, as you start, just pray. Put names down. Maybe you can even write what five people come to your mind that you should be praying for every day. Who are they? Put them by names. See their faces. You want to see them in heaven. Now, realistically, Ecclesiastes, when sometimes it's hard for us to understand this, God put eternity in the heart of every single person, believer and unbeliever. He said, well, Pastor Mark, what is eternity? Here it is. Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. See, when every person is born, they have eternity in their spiritual DNA. Every person knows down inside, deep inside, that there is life after death. They'll tell you anything else. But God put it there. They can ignore it, but they cannot deny it. Because they know they're going to live somewhere, whatever. Now, without God, you know these. Billy Graham's great statement. Without God, man is empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. Now, these people say, oh, I'm not afraid of death at all. That's that's total lie. Down inside, they're afraid. And they should be afraid because they know they're not going where they want to go. Now, heaven is a fulfilled place. So just ask God to help you and me. Because we all have family members, we have neighbors, co-workers, all of this. We're here to present the gospel to them in a loving way. And it's going to require prayer. I love C.S. Lewis' great statement. Here it is. Maybe this is for some of you who are here and you really don't have a personal relationship with God. Listen to this. If we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, 
the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And that world is heaven. See, you can't find satisfaction on this world. What did we sing tonight? Take this whole world and give me Jesus. There is no satisfaction here long term. It's impossible. We are not made for this world. We're made for heaven and earth where God designed that whole plan. Now, Jesus spoke about a fulfilled place. You know this. Look at John 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. And trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. There's our word again. In my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Would I lie? When everything is ready, I will come and notice how personal. Get you. So that you will always be with me where I am. As I'm speaking to you, Jesus is in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. He is preparing incredible dwelling places for us. Now, sometimes in the old translations, they use the word mansions, and you think, man, I can't wait to get there. This is going to be a bigger. It's called dwelling places. Don't even think about By the way, there's no pride in heaven. You know why? Because it's a sin. So don't get your thing. You say, well, I guess it's going to be a boring place. It is not going to be a boring place. Well, I think it going to be those clouds. I just put on my angel suit and wing it up. You need to read the Bible. You know, I'll show you what I'm talking about in a minute. It's a prepared place. Next thing. Heaven is a prepared place. Our eternal home. We already heard this verse tonight, but you need to understand this. Philippians 3.20 says this. But our citizenship is in heaven. Paul was living on the earth when he wrote this. But Paul said this. I would prefer to be away from the body here. And at home with the Lord. Now, Paul was looking forward to his permanent eternal home. Why would he want to look forward? Because he had a trip to it. He saw what it was compared to where he was. But he wasn't going to go until God was through with him here. So he said, I'd really rather just go. But as long as God wants me, I'm just going to work here. Because he was the guy that was bringing people to Christ like crazy. See, there's nothing permanent You know this. There's nothing permanent about life here on earth. Nothing. Nothing. It's all going to go away. And you and I are going to go away. The whole earth is going to go away. Everything's going to go away. That's why God said, send your treasure up where it's going to last. And the treasure really he's talking about is people, souls, most important value in the world. Now, he's not only a personal God, but he's a compassionate God. Probably John is crying this when he writes this. Look at this. Verse 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things, same wording, has passed away. All the effects of sin, such as sorrow, tears, pain, unhappiness, death, gone. It's a place where there is no sin. So it means there's a place where there is no suffering. Heaven is a place will be under the care of our heavenly shepherd. It's a place where there won't be any more arguments, no disappointments, no bad memories, no more nightmares. 
Absolutely no temptations, no physical infirmities, no weaknesses, no tiredness even. Why? Here's what you want to write. Heaven is a perfect place. You can't find a perfect place here. There aren't any. Number one, that's because we're there. (laughs) There are not. But in heaven, it's a perfect place. Just think of that. No tissues needed anymore. No crying. No sobbing. Nothing. All gone. Now, what I think is very interesting, I never really understood this verse. And I'm not sure this is exactly right, but I think it's fairly close. Look at verse 5. He who is seated on the throne said... I'm making everything, tell me, new. Then he said, he's talking to John, write this down for these words, I'm telling you, are trustworthy and true. So what is he talking about here? It seems like, remember, what is John doing on earth? He's seeing a vision, then what is he doing? I'm telling you, what's he doing? Come on. He's writing it down. Now, some of those things he's writing down, he's going like, the great white throne, what? See, he doesn't know any of this kind of thing. So he's writing this down, and as he's talking here about heaven, no tears, no sicknesses, everything perfect, the, the earth is going to be destroyed. And basically, as I think about this, this is kind of what I think. He's overwhelmed with these massive changes. And he's saying to himself, should I write that down? Is that really going to happen? That doesn't make any sense to me. So here's one reason. This is just me. Where is John writing the book of Revelation from? The island of where? Patmos. What did we start with? There'll be no what? C. <laughs> That's the start. There's no C. How's he going to get anywhere? <laughs> Who knows? And so what I think is so great is that he's writing and Jesus says, don't put the pen down. Notice, look at the last verse. Look at the last part of it again. Just write this down for these words. What words? The whole book of Revelation are trustworthy and what? True. You can bet your life that the word of God is all true. Even though we don't understand a lot of it. It's all true. It's not lies. It's trustworthy. And I think that's just a great thing. Now, realistically, what is God telling John to write? He says, remember, that's more than 2,000 years ago. John Write this for future believers. That's us right here. So they would know that these words are trustworthy and true. Nobody needs to doubt the word of God that we're studying. By the way, the next generation, when they read this, will it still be true? To your grandchildren, will it still be true? Yes, it will. That's why Jesus said, write it down. It's all true. It's going to happen. I told you we're doing the kind of the helicopter thing. Just that word hitting the highlights. If you want to do some more study, I encourage you just do like the New Living Translation and read chapter 21 and 22. It's filled with lots of changes and lots of things you can do. So I just encourage you to read a little more of that as what's in store for heaven. Now, 
The reason I'm not doing it, because we'd be here for another three or four weeks, and some of this we'll never understand until we get there anyway. But here's what I want to say. The Bible doesn't answer every one of our questions. Only God's all-knowing, especially about heaven. But it does tell us that heaven will be a place of supreme happiness and joy. We can be sure of that because God always says in the word of God, he will supply us with everything that we need to make us happy there. Here is a verse you need to understand. When you get down and you're wondering, is this world worth it? Is serving Christ really worth it? Is going to heaven going to be really worth it? Look at this verse. Let's read it together. In thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures. For how far? For how long? For eternity. What does that mean? We don't know. It means it's always going to be there. Don't you ever say heaven's going to be boring. Impossible. Impossible. And you'll see another verse that comes along. It's going to be Incredible. But see, it's not just about the gold streets and the, all the jewels and all that. You know who it's about? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because that's why we got there. And we'll always be thankful for the rest of eternity. Because God gave us an opportunity to accept the gospel. Now, the Bible actually says that heaven is far greater and more wonderful than anyone can possibly imagine. Let me read it to you. You can write it down if you want the verse. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Paul writes it like this. Again, Paul writes this. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. This is the big one. No mind has conceived. You've never thought about it. You never will think about it. I will never think about it in my mind. What God has prepared for those who love him. You can't. I can't. You'll never wrap it around your mind. It's absolutely impossible because it's perfect. It's supernatural. In other words, anything we've experienced on earth is good, but it's super insignificant. Compared with the joy God has in store for us. I want you to just smile with your neighbor. Turn to him and say, our new heaven and earth is going to be way, just do it like that, way better. Come on, everybody, come on, do it right. Come on, let me see you. Yeah. If you're watching, no, they're not crazy. They're doing fine. How much better? Come on, here we go. How much better? Way better. Amen? How do I know? It's in the Word of God. It's trustworthy, and it's true. It's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. That's fantastic. Now, the hope of heaven motivates and gives us strength. That's why I had you to fool with that thing. Because sometimes we go, man, is this really worth it? Yes, it is. Now, our eyes haven't seen it, but we're reading about it. We can't comprehend it, but you know it's way better than anything. So that helps us through trials. Pastor Mark taught today about the excitement a bridegroom feels when waiting for his bride to appear. He explained that this is much like how Jesus feels waiting for his bride, the church, to be presented to him. You'll learn more about what heaven is like, the city that God's preparing for you right now, and how it'll be more amazing than you could possibly imagine. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up not only his teaching, Heaven Our Eternal Home, but this series, Live Here Now, Then Live There Forever. You'll be reminded about the truth of the Bible, whether you're able to understand it right now or not. And because it's the truth, the things written in it have relevance for all generations, however long the earth lasts. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Live here now, then live there forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.